Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, welcome to a Super Bloom podcast with Candace King. Have I got an episode for you today? My guest needs very little introduction. Her name is Heather McMahon. And if you don't know who Heather McMahon is, then you've been living under a rock. She is everywhere. You might have seen her hosting on the Today Show with Hoda and Jenna. You might follow her on social media at Heather McMahon. You might have gone and seen one of her live comedy shows. And, and guess what? If you haven't seen her live comedy show, you can stream it right now. It's called The Sun I Never Had. Heather McMahon is hilarious. I've known her for a very long time. And I, I just, you'll hear all about it. it, it just, I'll let, you, I'll let you listen in. It, just, we're just going to get right to it. We're just going to get right to it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the talented, funny, gorgeous, wonderful Heather McMahon. Well, I was trying to think back to when we first met, Heather, because it is definitely, I think, well over a decade ago. And when I met, it was in Atlanta, Georgia. I have a feeling it was like a night where we like went out with our mutual friend, Cammie Miller. You might know her from Show Me Your Moo Moo. If you follow Heather or me on socials, we, Heather, you are a moodle all the time, as we call them. Like, I just remember meeting you back then. And there was a big night where we went out. And I was trying to explain the story to my friend because we, we partied very hard. I know we ended up, I think, at Johnny's hideaway, and then we ended up back at my apartment. And I was like, you can sleep here. And and I think one of our first meetings, I think I put you to bed in a rug. Is Yes. yes. I did. I woke up <laughs> on the floor uh, wrapped up in a rug. I do remember yes. that. We went to Johnny's hideaway. We got really drunk. We had a great time. Yes. And you lived in that apartment in Inman Park that mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. that, that was like on the fifth floor walk yes. up. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I love I, I love to work for it. Like you know what? Yeah. I don't want to get home and just relax. I want to like no. do a multiple story walk up. 
to make it to where I'm going to live. Yes. It makes it worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you're like, I'm getting in my steps. Yeah. And I did wake up in a rug and I remember the next day, I don't even remember how I got home. I just, I was hung over for like three days straight. Yes, I do. Cause I was really trying to explain this to a friend and they're like, well, how did you roll her in a rug? I was like, no, no, no. But like, it was a fuzzy rug and I did have a trundle bed at the time. And yeah. I think I really was just like, no, 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 this is a bed. Like this is, this is where you can, this is a comfy place. And I, and I just, I realized I did not intentionally try to roll you up into a rug in a burrito fashion, but can I, I tell you, that's like <laughs> swaddling a baby. So I appreciate it. I think I, you know, some, some might say you were even taking extra love and tender care. It, the TLC and the Southern hospitality that I felt in that apartment that night was, I'll, I'll never forget it. Thank you. I'm, a, I'm very maternal. I took Cammy out to pee. You know, she peed on the side of my building. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I just, I made sure everyone was taken care of. But at that time, I like we were talking about, you know, your dreams and your passions and the industry and like your comedy. And it was just like a very fun, ridiculous drunk night of just like, like kind of like dreamscaping like life. Right. And so I cannot stress to you how wonderful it is to see everything that has come true and even beyond your wildest dreams up into this point. Because I also, as much as it's like nice to see when good things happen to people just in general, it's really nice when like fantastic great things happen to great fucking people. And that's what makes me just like so happy constantly watching, you know, everything that you do, including the special that's just come out. You've been in like, this has been a dream of yours forever. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's so sweet that you say that. I will say, you know, I didn't even want to like ask people to like, you know, get the word out about the special. And my girlfriend, Tina was like, fuck that. She's like, Heather, you're one of the nice people in this business. You do everything for everybody else. So by, by all means, you can, you know, send your flyer for your Netflix special to your friends and be like, Hey, will you post it? You know? No, I mean, it's been really wild, but you know, everybody just sees the payoff now, but they forget the 12 to 15 years of like hustling and grinding. And I remember that night we were all going out and you were on Vampire diaries at the time. And I was just like, wow, like she is doing the damn thing. You were on the show. And you know, it's, it's one of those things when you ask people like, Oh, what do you want to do? And then you say, Oh, well, I'm a comedian. I want to do comedy. You know, it's like how many people actually get to do that? It's, you know, I mean, it's like acting. It's like if somebody were to say, okay, oh, and so you want to be an actress and you're like, yeah, I'm an actress, but like how many people actually get to do the thing? So yeah. I feel just like an insane amount of just gratitude, humility. Like I can't believe I get to do the thing. And, but you know what? There are many moments in my career that I was like, I don't, I don't know how much more I have in me. I mean, my whole family was like, please get a normal job. You can't pay your bills, <laughs> you know, and now I pay for every dinner. So it's, it's interesting how the tables have turned. <laughs> Is there like a piece of career advice that sticks out from Robin at any, from any of those years where, where you just look back at a conversation? Yeah. Well, it's funny. My mom was always like, go for it. She's like, doesn't matter. Go for it. Go for it. And my dad, I think uh, always parented from a place of fear because that's what all parents do, right? They just don't ever want to see their kids get hurt or not be able to, you know, help themselves in a situation. My dad, I remember him just saying like, I have no connections in this business. He's like, I don't know anybody in the entertainment entertainment biz. He's like, you're on your own is what he used to always say. Like, if you're going to do this, you're on your own. And, but I remember when I started having a little bit of tiny bit of success, he'd always just say like, you're so brave. He's like, you're so brave to do this. And in my mind, the, being brave would be becoming an accountant, you know, something that like the other side of my brain doesn't know how to do. So for me, I was like, no, this is what I was called to do. This is the only thing I know how to do, which is to make people laugh. So I didn't think twice about it. So, but my mom would always just say, go for it. She's like, don't listen to them. Just go for it. And even when the special came out, I just said, mom, I'm worried. Like, this is like, you know, such a vulnerable thing to have this piece of art out there. Like anybody can, can now comment on my life. And she was like, screw it. She's like, you can't think about that. You have to think about, you know, all the other people who, whatever you're saying and however you're making them feel and make them laugh is, is going to be a blessing to them. And I was like, that's, you know, that stuck with me. You talk about your kind of the like beginnings of getting people's attention on Instagram mm -hmm. and that this was an incredibly vulnerable time in your life. Yeah. And that you, you know, just looking at your, like all the hard work that you put into it, the idea of when preparation meets opportunity, like you did all the right. preparation for years and years and years, and you didn't, you weren't seeing the payoff that you were wanting at that time. And I do think what is so interesting and beautiful about, you know, watching you and your your experiences is that it you know you got the admiration and the accolades and the attention 
when you were at your like the truest version of yourself and in, in, in your moment of vulnerability. And mm. I think that there's something really beautiful about that. Can you kind of I don't want to like tell your story for you, but could you kind of share just a few of those bullet points? I know it's like a very big part of the special, but just to kind of give context to what was going in your life when all of a sudden you started picking up the phone and just posting a bunch of stories on Instagram about how you were feeling. Yeah, for sure. So kind of how everything took off, you know, I was doing comedy in LA and then I had to kind of pick up my life and move home after my dad died very suddenly of cancer. I mean, the guy could have basically had a heart attack. That's how quickly things moved. So then I was like already grieving the loss of this wonderful human in my life. I I had a great relationship with my dad and, you know, helping my mom figure out her new normal and my sister figure out her new normal. And I, I felt so selfishly at the time, like, fuck this. I can't believe this happened to me. But also now like I'm, I'm out of LA, you know, I'm out of the scene. I'm, I'm, you know, now my career has taken eight steps back. And, and then all of a sudden, like I basically really honestly, as a survival mechanism, I had to start posting stuff that would make me laugh because I was like, I'm going to use Instagram for good, not evil. And I started posting stuff. And while most of it was pretty unhinged and I was like, you know, grieving and drinking wine at night, I would just post funny thoughts on Instagram stories because I wasn't able to do stand up at the time. And it kind of took off like wildfire. And so, you know, not listen, if anybody ever tells you everything happens for a reason, they can, you know, suck a dick. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I don't think like my dad (laughs) passed for a reason for me to have these moments in my career. But I was like, how can I take a dark time and find something positive out of it? Like it can either make you or break you. And I was like, I have to choose joy because if I don't choose joy, I'm not going to make it. And I just mean like make it in life, period. So I had to take a glass half full approach. And then I started posting jokes online and it just took off like wildfire in the sense that other people related to it. And I said, you know, for the longest time, it had only been about my human experience. But now that I was sharing something else that other people I know had gone through, it became so much more relatable. And I think when you have a different perspective, it also like creatively opens you up to a whole nother world. I also just appreciate the sentiment that sometimes, you know, if it, on paper, it's 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 heavy and, and sad and in hard grief, losing someone like the business of dying, but also that you acknowledge that sometimes in those moments, there's actually like the funniest shit that happens Mm -hmm. that like the, like it's like the very odd way of like making life tolerable where you're like, this should be (laughs) like, this should be terrible. But everyone keeps like, like the comedic timing of this is just too good. It's just too funny. And to be just like crying, you know, you can't tell if you're crying because you're laughing so hard or you're also just like grieving so hard. And it's funny how life does that to you. I mean, when we went to go, you know, plan my dad's funeral and I don't talk about this in the special, but literally like my mom, who's 11 years older than my late father, (laughs) we're sitting there, we're picking out like his burial plot. And my mom's like, well, you know, I already have a piece of land next to him because my dad had bought like plots for our whole family because, you know, that as one does pre-plans. My mom was like, so should I pick out my burial plot too? So we literally end up drinking wine with the funeral director. We pick out my dad's burial plot (laughs) and my mom has also picked out hers. So she wants a glass she said she wanted wine goblets and a comedy tragedy mask for like because she loves Barbara Streisand so literally my mom's tombstone whenever she passes is going to be like half one side she drinks wine and half the other side she loves Broadway I mean you can't make this shit up it's like so insane (laughs) and anybody who's ever gone through like hardship whether it's death divorce whatever you in the darkest moments you find the funniest shit because you're like how the hell can this actually be happening you know Yes, yes. No, in in the last couple of years, I have definitely found that to be very, very true. Like when 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 you especially just I truly was at a point in my life where I thought I knew exactly what the rest of my life looked like. And I was like, okay, I know exactly. I see it. I can schedule it out five to 10 years ahead of time. I know exactly what this is going to be and look like. And when suddenly it, that's not there anymore Mm -hmm. and nothing, you know, and it just feels like everything's upside down. There were just so many times where I'm like, this is, this is, I don't want to keep experiencing this chapter, Mm -hmm. but golly, it is very, very funny. The things that just keep popping up and it is like, it's the only way to get through those things. You have to be able to laugh. You have to, and you have to, and I'm sure that, I mean, I can't imagine how many people come to you to share 
in their experiences because you were willing to share what you've experienced. Like I, like I have a very tiny taste of that just from being on a scripted series in which I ha- played a character who lost a parent. And I have so many people who usually want to stop me and explain, you know, how watching that helped them. Mm-hmm. And that was just even by proxy of just playing a written out character. So I'm sure that so many people come to you and want to express like gratitude because you speaking about your grief and your loss has also given them a safe place to explore theirs. Well, I mean, listen, you know, in a weird way, like in a dark way, misery loves company, right? It's like once you're on the other side of it, you realize, oh, I'm not alone in this. You know, when you first go through grief, it feels so so much so that the world is against you. You're like, I'm the only one experiencing this. I'm the only one this has ever happened to. There's a beautiful movie called Other People. And it's written by Chris Kelly, who was a big writer for SNL. And the story basically is about Molly Shannon plays the mom. It's about how like she dies of cancer. And there's a beautiful line in the movie. It says, now you're other people. Like you only think that cancer or death or, you know, bad things happen to other people, but now you're the other people that Mm -hmm. those things happen to. And I remember watching that movie shortly after my dad had died. It was just a coincidence that the mom dies of cancer. And I'm like sobbing and I'm like, I'm the other people now. And like, then, because you never think, you know, you go through life like oh you know dodging bullets but you're like oh I'm gonna be fine and then once it happens to you you just it changes you and listen Mm -hmm. I am not the only person who lost a parent you know and I had 27 great years with my dad did he die too soon absolutely but I also think like imagine what my mom goes through she lost her partner you know and so everybody grieves in these different ways but I think to myself now I am the other people and when you are on the other side and you are the other people you find other people who have also experienced it and your friendships with those people become richer and you just like I feel like now when good things happen they feel so much richer you know I've 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 felt on the other end of the spectrum what losing you know this this amazing person in my life I felt this the saddest I could ever feel I can't imagine now when I feel happy I'm just like it feels even richer I don't know I hope that makes sense no that does make sense and it's beautiful to get to that point because I don't like in any form of grief, I think when you're in the thick of it and it, you're just truly in the quicksand of it, it's really hard to like I have found it in my experience is hard to realize, like, will I get to that point? Like, I know this right. is a tunnel. I know that this is a tunnel. I know that there's a light on the other side. And then there's just a, a pretty PCH until I get to the next fucking tunnel, because that's mm-hmm. just how life works. But but it's just really hard to remember that in those moments. And it is hard to remember that like we that you will laugh again and things will be funny again and thing and you will experience just like like a light joy. I mean, I just remember, you know, at a certain point just thinking like I when will Sunday just feel like a Sunday again when like I just right. wake up and I'm just like at peace and I get my errands done and like, and it all just feels like a very boring, normal day with no big roller coaster of emotion. Like when will I get to that point again? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How about that scene from Sex in the City, the movie, the first one, right? When, you know, Carrie's in her depression in Mexico and then Charlotte shits her pants and Carrie yes. laughs really hard for the first time in a long time. I remember watching that and being like, finally, you hit that one day where somebody shits their <laughs> pants and you're like, you know what? I'm going to be okay. You know, what I mean? you just like, need to get to that point. You, gotta you get to just that point. need to get to that point. I know. I, I like, it is funny also just being around like mine or people that have been in the other people. And that's right. what I also realized, like going through a divorce is how all of a sudden it felt like, like anyone who'd ever like, you know, gone through a divorce, just like heard the call in the distance and was like, whoop, like we're needed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you need a lawyer, a therapist? <laughs> what can we do for you? Here is vodka, wine and cigarettes. You're welcome. Welcome here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I always say that like people in the dead parent club, like, you know, I say in the special, I'm like, we have a dead dad club. We all meet at, at the top golf by the, by the uh, highway at, you know, and go to a <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards. Like you just people find each other. You find yeah. your sense of community because you can feel it. And if you've been through it, you're like, listen, my favorite thing is when people DM me and it's not my favorite thing as in somebody's suffering. But when they'll message me like, what can I do for my friend who just lost somebody? And I say, all right, this is what you need to tell them. This is bullshit. I'm so sorry. Don't try and justify it. Just say, this sucks. That's all I wanted to hear. I wanted, my, my friends were like, this is awful. This sucks. It made me feel less crazy. Like, I'm like, what is happening? You know? And then it was people yeah. saying, what do you need? Okay, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to keep you hydrated or I'm going to get you really drunk. Like, that's what <laughs> you need is like people to step in who have been there. So I always say like, make sure people are fed. Make sure, you know, they've got wine in the fridge and check in on them six months after it's happened. That's the thing. When yes. people quit calling, yes. you know, when, when people know that you're going through your divorce and they know that you've been settled, it's like checking on them. Say, all right, Candace, I know you're sitting home alone because you don't have the kids tonight or whatever. Let me take you to dinner. That's mm -hmm. it. It's, it's reminding people to check in after like the main event has happened. You know? Yeah. Was it, was it interesting to be grieving and then all of a sudden start having this like, like, flurry of attention towards it where like all these things that you'd hoped would begin mm -hmm. and start happening started happening throughout that process was it was that kind of an interesting line to walk or at that point did that well, feel like the light did it feel like the sun it felt like the sun for sure. And I also knew my dad had a had a hand in it because I know he was like, okay, now that I'm dead, you're going to be really successful. <laughs> <laughs> and I, everything is always, of course, bittersweet because he's not here. But I do laugh all the time with my mom. I'm like, this, you know, excuse my French, this fucker would always be like, Heather, get into real estate, get in the mortgage business, do anything but comedy. And now he's dead. And now this is what's, you know, steamrolling me ahead in life. It's just... You know, the irony is not lost on me. But no, it did. It, honestly, it felt like I deserved it in a weird way. Like these are this, these quiet conversations I'd have with myself. But I was like, damn it, I just went through the worst thing in the world. I should be getting a freaking break. You know, <laughs> the timing wasn't great, but I finally was like, you know what? I freaking deserve this. You know, and of course, obviously you put in the hard work, but I had also been more determined than ever. Because again, because after I lost my dad, I thought life is short. I was yeah. like, I have no fear in shit. And I heard a great quote the other day. If it doesn't scare you, then you're not doing it. You know, then you're not doing enough. Like you should get up every day and be like, oh, this is, I'm really kind of going for it. And whatever that is, whatever aspect of your life. And I just feel like a lot of people make excuses for, for what they want to do. Oh, I got this. I got this responsibility. And of course you have responsibilities, but just fucking go for it. You know, life is short. And until you've gone through something, you don't really understand how short life can be. Don't hold grudges. Let shit go. Like, keep moving forward because tomorrow it could all be gone. Do you feel like you've assembled this, like, uh, the the Heather army that's become, like, assembled at this point mm -hmm. for from your, like, loyal followers on social media? I mean, there is even, you can tell when everyone is going to your show because it is, it is just, like, an ocean of, like, cheetah print and sequins yeah. and like you know 
pretty tipsy ladies, you know, just very excited, already laughing before they're getting in there. They're all kicking their leg up, you know, to their head to see how far they can get, taking pictures and yelling tiramisu bitch. And like, you've created this incredible like community of people who like, obviously like love you and, and, and not only relate to you, but you make space for them to feel a part of something and a part of the, like that Mm -hmm. they're a part of a bigger thing. Do you, when you're out in your daily life and you have people who approach you because they're fans of you, like, is it odd to have someone know you so personally? Like, I can't imagine what that would feel like where people know everything about you as if you are their best friend. Like, does that, do you get that? Because I, that is not an experience that I have. And when people approach me. Well, because you've also played a character. Now that exactly. you get the podcast, I'm sure you're getting more of like personal conversations because you are also exposing your life. It's funny. I always tell people to introduce themselves because people will come up to me and just jump into a conversation as because because again, they know me. They're like, all right, so on the podcast last week, you were talking about X, Y, Z. And let me tell you, my girlfriend did it. And I'm like, wait, who are you? You know? So I, because I, I always think like, oh my God, is this a sorority sister that I don't recognize? Yeah. So I always <laughs> tell people like, introduce yourself like, hey, I'm Katie. I was, you know, I listened to the podcast, Tiramisu Bitch or whatever. I mean, there are days that I forget what I say on my podcast and I sometimes will forget what I'm saying in stand-up and then people reference it and I'm like, wait, did I say that? Did I share that? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, listen, that's a part of comedy and the joke is always on me. Like, if I can take somebody out of whatever they're going through that day, that's healing for me, you know, if I know that you've had a rough week, but you came to my show and for 90 minutes, you're going to sit down and giggle and laugh with your friends. And then I take a little bit of weight off your shoulders. Like then that, then I feel good about what I'm doing. You know, it does seem like entertainment a lot of times can be self-serving, but really, if you really break down what my job is at the end of the day, it's just to make people laugh and bring joy. And that brings me joy. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, just basically call me a philanthropist, you know? <laughs> You're a giver. I'm so giving. Yes, I'm so giving. Yes, yes. I hate you it. You know, someone's yeah. got to do it. But that, but it is. And like, and also at this time where I feel like, you know, finally we're all back at live shows. You know, we are all right. connected. Like it's so, like it is so important. And obviously, you know, the industry has been in a strike. And I think that people underestimate like how valuable like just art is, you know, and how Mm -hmm. valuable like going to a live show is and being with a bunch of other people. And we want to like act as if moving into this direction of robotics and like, you know, AI writing everything and creating and like everything is going to somehow make it more enjoyable. But I I just don't under like, I mean, call me old fashioned. I just still don't get it. I don't understand how that's not just like, that's the whole thing for me. Like the other person to person experience, like that yeah. they see the world through their eyes. And if they don't, and, and even though you can have 10 people paint a picture of an apple and it can be the same fucking apple, everyone's going to have a different perspective. It's going to be a slightly different painting depending on who's painting it. And that's what it is when you're performing and telling a story and sharing your life experience. And it's so fucking valuable. I mean, I hear you. The, the, my favorite, people always ask me like, what is your favorite thing? Is it doing like television? Is it podcasts or whatever? I always say the live shows because you never, you know, obviously I have prepared material, but to do 20 minutes of crowd work where I'm just like laughing with people and getting to know people, it's that personal, interpersonal connection, you know, and, and on my podcast, I say P to P, peer to peer or pussy to pussy. You know, sometimes you just got to be face to face with someone and, and really giggle. And I love to like, you know, psychoanalyze people in the audience and, but, you know, find out what makes them tick. And, and you, every night's different. You have no idea what's going to happen. You have no idea what kind of answers you're going to get. And that brings me so much joy because I giggle so hard. You know, I'm like, oh my, either these bitches are crazy or like we're, we're all on the same page. But no, I mean, doing art, I mean, that was the thing too when the special came out. I thought for a second, I had a real panic the night before. I was like, okay, I know this is good. I know I put my blood and sweat and tears into it, but oh my God. Like I know there's, I know that I will be some, I won't be somebody's cup of tea and that's fine. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I thought somebody's really not going to love this. And I, it it took me a second because it was my baby. It was my art. It's my story. It's what I've been working on for three years. And now you just like throw it up there on the internet, you know, on, on the web and just, 
anybody can say anything about it. So it was a weird, vulnerable feeling as an artist to think, oh, anybody can tell me they don't like my face. They don't like my hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't like my glitter suits. That was kind of weird. And I know you've gone through that forever being in the public eye, like as an actor, but you were always playing somebody else. Yeah. This is me as myself, which I kind of had like an outer body, like, oh shit, somebody might just not like me, you know? Which do you, is weird. Do you read things? Do you read comments or reviews or anything like that? Honestly, the reviews have been great, thank God. But, and you can't say anything on Netflix, but we were trending in the top 10, so hopefully they love it. But I will say it's funny being, doing more male com- hosted com- comedic podcasts. Man, some of these guys in the comments, I mean, they will make any any slick line about the way you look. It's not even about my content. I'm like, if you don't think I'm funny, just go ahead and tell me that. But the the way that they comment about like my physical appearance, which listen, I make fun of my physical appearance all the time, even though I'm a knocked out, dropped dead gorgeous woman. But you know, like I, the joke is on me. I, I, I get it. But you know, just when you read some of these comments, you're like, who goes on the internet on YouTube to comment about someone's breasts? Who goes on the internet to comment about some guy the other day said I had old lady hands. I said, I don't, there's nothing old about these hands. Like what the fuck? <laughs> these are then young, said, supple hands, sir. Yeah. But then he said I, I had nice jugs. So I took that, you know, it's That's a win. A, you know, it is a win. It is. A, if I yeah. have one or the other. I'd, I'd go nice for nice jugs. jugs. I'd go for yeah. nice jugs. <laughs> you know, Sophie's choice. All right. Nice jugs. Um, how did you I, deal with that though when you were like young because you were in your like early 20s yeah I mean I was in, like look it was also Instagram wasn't around really yeah you know that wasn't a thing there was twi- I you know I didn't read a lot of it I re- we would read reviews but it was all based uh-huh. on episodes and if you had a big episode and maybe people would write about you it was usually like really nice you know it just was a different Mm -hmm. kind of time and even now I really don't read through comments I don't read like I don't understand how messages work on Instagram whenever anyone's like oh I you know post something because they're trying to sell a sweater and they're like try to show off that someone sent them a comment being like I love your sweater can you post the link like I can't find any of those things because I just get like all show like I can't navigate the DMs of the yeah even in my single dim in the last couple of years everyone's like oh you just gotta check out those DMs people are sliding into I was like no one is sliding into my DMs except like twelve year olds who watch <laughs> who like want Damon and Elena to be together that's it right that's all I right. get but I don't I didn't get a lot of that I you know I I just. I don't know. I just didn't read it. It also felt like Atlanta was a bubble. I feel like I had this very Mm -hmm. weird experience of being a part of something that was way bigger than myself. And yet my life didn't change minus the fact that I like paid my rent, you know? And even then, like I, I, I lived very, very tight. I don't think, you know, tight life. I mean, you saw my apartment. It's like, I, I, Yeah, you were, you were gasping for air yeah. by the time you got to the front door. <laughs> like, yeah, like you were I, up there. I lived a pretty simple life. So it didn't feel like this big, I, I feel like I get it na- more now. Like the show mm. went through almost a renaissance in 2020 where everyone rewatched it or watched it for the first time. And so I like will be, I get stopped more now, which mm-hmm. I'm fine with. The only time I'm not fine with it is when I'm with my kids. But like it's, it. I don't, it's very weird for it to have not been a thing because I feel like it should have been more like stressful than it was. I don't know. I do agree with you on that because I'm also in Atlanta. Like we met in Atlanta. I mm-hmm. was living in New York and LA and then I moved back to Atlanta during the pandemic. So I kind of have like a normal life day to day. Like obviously people in Atlanta come up to me, you know, when I'm out at restaurants, like, hey girl, love the podcast, love the stand up, whatever. But it's not like being in Hollywood or being in New York where anybody really gives a shit. You know, yeah. like I go to my country club. I hang out with the ladies nine holes. You know, they're, they're all in their seventies and we just sit at the club and we drink red wine and no one cares. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, as maybe as the the career progresses and, and you're more in the limelight. Yeah. But I'm like, I, every, every day or every weekend I'm going and doing shows. Like I'm sitting in a sky club in Orlando or Phoenix or, you know, Vermont, and I'm just doing shows. I'm on the road. So it's not like this perfect little Netflix special came out and I'm just sitting in a mega mansion being like, look at me. It's like, (laughs) I'm, I'm schlepping to the next city, you know? I think there's also a mentality with it. Like I've also known some people that have like created, you know, created the the anxiety inducing 
kind of bubble around them of just mm-hmm. like feeling like this constant amount of attention. And then, but I think you can absolutely play that part. You know what I mean? As opposed to just like, it's actually fine. Like I've had, you know, it's actually, if you just like roll with it and like keep, you know, trudging along and go about right. your day, it's actually, it's not, it's, I, I like that. Like I'm not good. I'm not good. Like I was never meant to be like a celebrity or a famous person. Like I am just, it's not something I'm good. I'm terrible at a party. I'm not great on a carpet. You know, I like. <laughs> See, put me in. I'm ready to go. Uh, I feel like, like I would I, slay a carpet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, why is it carpet? No one walks on, in heels on carpets very easily. Right. It should be a solid floor, a solid, even floor. And then I'm and then like having to talk with people that like I just would rather sit in a corner and just observe like I'm an observer. That, that would me- be my. Let me tell you, I'm ready for that moment. And it's only because I feel like I need to be vindicated and justified after I went to years ago. Nobody knew who I was. I was like just on the come up. I went to the Amphar Gala in New York City, right? So Gigi and like Bella Hadid walked the red carpet before me. I didn't have a publicist, but I was like, damn it, I'm on that list. I'm going to walk the red carpet. I shouldn't have been on the list. I think I just went up to them. I was like, I'm on the list. I go to walk out after all these gorgeous supermodels have walked on the carpet. I swear to God, people just quit taking photos. No one's taking photos. I'm standing there. I've never done a red carpet before. I don't know how it works. And literally this one lady looked at me and she could see the sadness in my eyes. She knew that I could not afford the glam squad that I had paid for. So she takes out her memory card, blows on it, puts it back in her camera and she's like, sweetie, over here and took one photo of me. Every other celebrity on the red carpet got a full picture with their full gown. Mine was literally the tightest headshot you've ever seen. And I had like my hair slicked back. I just looked bald and like bloated. And that photo, I I need to print out and frame and put it in my office and always just remember like that moment was the most humbling moment where it was like, honey, you have so far to go. Like you better keep working. (laughs) So needless to say, I'm ready for the red carpet, you know? I I mean, and I respect that. I have had my own humbling versions of that where like I, you know, I think that that's where it just kind of started for a very long time. Like I even remember I was so excited. I was going to like, there was this big gala in LA, like early Vampire Diaries, early show years. So I got there and, you know, and I, I cheap, so I didn't want to like get a stylist because they're they're very expensive. So I would always like just go buy things and then that didn't work out. So and then yes, <laughs> so it just suddenly didn't work out. Oh no! Right. <laughs> or I'd wear the same thing over and over, and then mm-hmm. my reps were like, you know, maybe we don't wear that necklace again. Maybe we leave the Tory Birch necklace for a different time. <laughs> but I go to like a fem- like they're like, we'll go to this fashion house. They'll give you they'll give you like a gown for the gala. And I, and so, but I, and I got there and I was like so excited because it's like, this is also like peak show days. This is like season two. It's, it's everywhere, you know, like, you know, Paul Ian and Nina are in every magazine. So I'm like all excited to get there. And they're like, oh, well, so you can look at this section. And and I was like, okay, well, these are like cotton beach dresses. They're like, they're like cover ups <laughs> and it's like a gala. And they were like, oh, oh, well, we have this. This would look great on you. Demi Lovato wore it last night. And you might just get a who wore it best out of it. And I was like, is there no. anything that is there isn't? anything worse than having to <laughs> yeah. split an outfit with Demi Lovato? No. no. Just like I am older than her and I would not like that. And they're like, well, this one's a little ripped, but if you hold it here, you're not gonna see it. It's gonna be great. And I just was like, I think I'm just gonna go to the mall. I think that this is where I'm I'm a mall person. I'm just a mall person. I am too. You I know? am a mall person. Send me to a Nordstrom, send me to a Saks, send me to a Neiman Marcus. I will figure it out. It will be mm-hmm. me and like the three gay stylists in the back, and I and I will we will figure it the yes. fuck out. Yes, you know. Yes. They will just be like, we're going to put you on three layers of Spanx and then we're going to we're going to go from there. Oh, I've had such humbling moments with stylists too. the same thing where they're like, yeah, no. Or they just even now trying to get stylists. I've had a couple that are like, you know, they'll call you back. And I have like a publicist now and they're all calling. But, you know, unless you're I mean, I think they're now starting to call back because everyone's on strike. But I'm like, I'm on Netflix. (laughs) It is me. It is I. I promise. I'm a real person. And they're just like, yeah, but if you weren't asked at the Vanity Fair Oscar after party, then we don't want to dress you. I'm like, I just need some freaking clothes, you know? (laughs) Yeah, nothing more humbling than doing the going to those showrooms where they're like, and for me, they're like, nothing fits. They're like, well, we have a size four. Do you think it'll stretch? And you're like, put a one in front of it. And then maybe we can think about wearing it. That's why shout out to Cammie Miller, who dresses us in Show Me Your Moo Moo all the time. Yes, Cammie is the best. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Is there any, like, big celebrity that has approached you and been... I mean, obviously, there's, like, the amazing Maria Shriver who kicked off so much for you, who's just incredible. But is there someone who's, like, approached you where you were just, like, like, wow, I cannot believe that this is happening? Can I tell you, I have been DMing with Mandy Moore every day, and I'm obsessed. She DM'd me, and she was like, I'm such a huge fan. I think she listens to the podcast, and I'm literally, like, she's coming to my show in L.A. next week. I'm like, I'm going to meet the Candy, the like, uh, the girl, the Mandy Moore. This is us. Like, I cannot believe this. So I, I'm having, like, I'm going to have a drink with her after the show. I'm like, I can't believe it. Stuff like that that's like nostalgic from our childhood yeah. is really wild to me. And then it's cool. I'm getting to do, you know, Joan Rivers was one of the reasons why I got into comedy. Her daughter, Melissa Rivers, has a big podcast. So she's like, let's, you know, grab lunch and do the podcast next week when I'm in LA. And I'm like, I don't think, I haven't been able to like wrap my head around what I'm going to verbally say to her to tell her like how much of an influence her mom had on my life and on my career. And I've just been trying to like think of ways not to like be creepy and steal something from her home, you know? <laughs> like, She's can I have one of your mom's old sweaters? <laughs> yeah. She is. Met I'll her? just okay, wear it. Great. I have, so what's yeah. funny is I, I did when Melissa, she basically would like was the I don't think know if she was the booker. I know she was like a producer when her mom had the show on E, the, yes. the clothing one. So like I had to basically chat with her just to kind of like, I guess, like, I don't know what the actual part. I've only done like two late night shows. And so for this, this was like, I had to talk with someone on the phone and then basically you get like invited in or they like then have things that they can pitch you to talk about, I guess. I don't right. know. But her and I, I ended up in the car for like almost like an hour and a half, just like talking life, talking kids. Like, you know, I was talking about my stepkids. She was talking about like, her, you know, her family. And then also like, like if she like things that were going on with her life, it, it was just a very in-depth conversation where by the end of it, I was like, what? I feel like we're friends now. And I think this was great. This was very cathartic. So well, she's fantastic. I'm, I probably just weep in her arms and be like, yes. I miss your mother more than you do. And she's like, okay, no, you don't walk away. You're getting, making things weird. I mean, listen, I wish fashion police would come back. There are days where we've gotten a little too soft. I mean, you know, I'm a comedian, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cynical, but there are days where I'm like, can we bring fashion police back? And you know, it's not like you're saying anything mean about anyone's spirit or personality or their physical body, but can we just be like that outfit's trash, you know, <laughs> like. Like, who dressed you? That outfit is trash. You know what I mean? 
I think that I needs to come days. back. Yes, I think yeah. also like, what, why did we have to stop t- stop talking about the clothes? Like at a certain point, like I understand, but like we're not all just out there just wearing power suits, you know? If you're, yeah. you're going to spend all that time getting into a dress with the amount of undergarments and tape, if you're having to physically tape yourself mm-hmm. into an outfit, then someone better ask you 10,000 questions about it. Like, Amen. And I didn't know that when you do the breast tape, the way to get the boob tape off is by like put basically putting like baby oil on it. So I I was really hammered one night and trying to get breast tape oh off. God. I almost lost an areola. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Yeah, like I at least better get some sort of like fashion police award if I've lost an areola because I had to tape my tits all the way up to my throat so that, you know, people won't make comments online about them. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. There's nothing gendered about that. That's just respect yeah. of the, pro- that's just paying due diligence to the process of just getting all dolled up. Yes. Is there anybody that you, in your career that you were ever like, oh my God, I can't believe this person's watched Vampire Diaries. I remember we've talked <laughs> back in the day, Jennifer Love Hewitt was like very <gasps> yeah. excited. And, and so I just remember being at an event and she was like, can you take a picture where you're biting me? And I was like, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Jennifer Love lunch, Hewitt. I've been at lunch with Jennifer Love Hewitt too. She <laughs> she's just like a she's like a girl's girl who just gets yes. excited and like gets it. She's in on it. She gets it. Which I yeah. love. Like that's what I love. I also like the I'm very into the housewives, specifically yeah. Salt Lake. And these mm-hmm. I've like really enjoyed it. So like I like that's where I'm getting my sense of worthiness is really just like any comments <laughs> from any of the Salt Lake Housewives. I'll be like, it's okay. Like I'm 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 really winning at life. Meredith Marks commented on my photo. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Goal set for the week. Can I can I tell you people <laughs> Are you stop about me? Heather? <laughs> yeah, the people stop me because they think I'm Heather Gay all the time. And I'm like, you know what? Challenge accepted. I was outside of a restaurant in Denver, Colorado recently, and this woman runs out of the restaurant and she's like, Heather, Heather. And I turn around and she's like, You're not Heather. I'm like, No, I am Heather. She was like, from Salt Lake City. And I was like, No, my name's Heather McMahon. I'm a comedian. She just goes, uh, and walked back in the restaurant. <laughs> I was like, I deserve that. I deserve that. Have you and Heather Gabe been in the same room at the same time? Have you interviewed her? No, and I just did Watch What Happens Live, but I did it with Monica, who's the new housewife. Yes. Who she was so lovely and so fabulous, but I'm dying to meet Heather Gay. Like, I, I'm dying to meet her. I adore her. I interviewed her, and, and I definitely leaned in. I think like I started texting her a little bit too much while going through my own divorce. It's just being like, mm-hmm. oh my God, watching you and your daughters are great. Like just an update. This is what's going on with me today, but I'm going to get through the other side because you're such a light being like, Candace, this is not, she's not your therapist. She's a real person. She is not like She's also pen pal. like, I'm, I'm currently shooting a cat fight right now on a party bus for the, for the episode. So I don't have, I don't have much to chime in on your divorce. <laughs> but like that stuff is like very funny to me. Like that is yeah. that like, that's, that's like the fun stuff. But I, yeah. Otherwise than that, I'm trying to think, I feel like like well, the only other like throwback person would have been, I remember, I think it was with, even with Cammie and we were talking about now and then and Devin saw mm. at the time that <gasps> followed me on Twitter. And I like tweeted something about like now and then at Devin Sawa because we were all just, you know, gossiping inappropriately right. about the scene that we you right. know, all as young women, we all remember the scene when the boys are trying to get their clothes back mm-hmm. and like one mm-hmm. of them bends down and you go like, hmm, that was mm-hmm. just right toward you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We all uh-huh, remember that uh-huh. sexual awakening yeah. moment of our, of our youthhood. And, but I, I Twittered, I, I Twittered, I tweeted that <laughs> and then he responded and I was just like, well, there we go. I can, you peaked. I can die now. Peaked. Peaked. Full peaked peak. early. I love to peak yeah. early. And then just be, it's all downhill from here, you know, all Listen. just cruising easily downhill from here. That's what I say. I'm like, you know, I'm in a health journey, but I can't get too thin because once I get too thin, I've peaked, you know, and there's nothing else to live for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's nice to be able to fit in your pants and like sit down comfortably. But if people really ever, and I say it in the special, if people start getting concerned that I'm too thin. I'm like, this is it. This is, I've peaked. I've really peaked. <laughs> well, you, it, like, You've accomplished so many of the things that I know that there's still other things that you want to accomplish. But what but what are they like? I like I know everyone's been dying for the entire world to give you a TV show. I, it is yeah. insane. Oh, girl, um, we've been working on so, that forever. And yeah. It, and it's but you know, we're you're getting closer. You're getting closer. Mm-hmm. But what other things do you want to like? Do you love touring? Do you want to keep touring? Do you want to mm-hmm. write more? Like what is kind of the next thing on your vision dream board because everything well, you put out there comes true. 
my vision board is right behind me in the office. I have, it says, get my show picked up, have at least six seasons. And, oh, host SNL. So at the top, if you can see, I have a photo of Oprah because she's an icon. And it said, have a hit comedy special, be on Netflix, number one podcast, which I went number one the week we came out, and movies and host SNL. Really, truly, obviously, I'm a writer. I, I want to write stuff that is not just me playing me. I want to write, I want to put on wigs again and be funny and goofy and just get weird. Like I miss playing other people, but my real, my, I, I will have completely peaked moment is if I get to host SNL. That will be it. That will be like, it's a wrap. How do you do vision boards? Like, do you, like my, I'm someone who will make a vision board and then suddenly have such, like be watching the clock the whole time. Like I think about <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I took my daughter to an escape room. She mm -hmm. wanted to go. She wanted, yeah. I, that was her idea. And, but we're in there and she's just staring at the clock and she's like, mom, there's only 30 minutes. Mom, there's only 29 <laughs> minutes and 15 seconds. Mom. And I just was like, stop looking at the clock. Like, get the task done. Like, collect all right. the hula hoops and count them. And <laughs> like, uh, but I do that. I'll just sit there staring at the clock. And the clock is like the vision board where I'm like, wait, oh, no, we're already so far through the year. And none of these things have happened yet. And I'm not even close to any of these things. So then I guess the vision board broke and it's not working. And maybe it's too much. To, I put too much on the vision board. Like, how do you yeah. strategize? How having goals and visions and dreams in your life. Well, I ironically always did the vision board as like an arts and crafts. Like I like to doodle, you know what I mean? I like to make a little scrapbook. So I would do it like the, always on January 1st or 2nd, like at the beginning of the year. And I would do it if I was hungover, I would take like an edible, my husband would watch football and I would just pick, I'm going to scrapbook and make some, you know, cool collage. And then I would set it and completely forget about it. And then what's weird is I have them from like the last four years and I now started to look back and I'm like, oh my God, we can start checking this stuff off. I think it's just literally at some point sitting down and having a real conversation with yourself, whether you're high or sober, it's like, what do I, what do I envision? What do I think I could accomplish? What do I want to do? And then I just kind of said it and I just stay moving forward. I mean, listen, everybody compares compares themselves to other people. And I couldn't do that. There's so many other comedians who've had six or seven Netflix specials that have hosted SNL multiple times that have had hit TV shows, all this. Like I am just starting, the gate has just opened and I am just starting the race. And I just have to keep one foot in front of the other and just stay in my lane. I always tell people, I'm like, find out what you're good at and just stay in your lane. And then once mm -hmm. you you're in that lane, drive fast and just do it. You know, I was like, I'm going to take every opportunity. I'm going to say yes to stuff. I mean, right now I'm probably like doing a little too much and need to take a nap, but <laughs> in a good way, like I just kind of was like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And, and you know, life is short. Let's just go for it. What do I have to lose? Also at the end of the day, I was about to walk on stage the other night and I, it was like a sold out huge crowd and I was getting a little nervous for some reason. And I looked at my buddy Ray and Ray was like, Heather, remember none of this matters. Just go have fun. And I was like, you're right nothing yeah. matters like just <laughs> just do it just nothing matters you know like we beat ourselves up and I think a lot of people get in their way where they don't do it before they've even tried right you yeah. never regret the things you did do you only regret the things you didn't do so I made a pact with myself I was like I'm gonna do it like I'll go to open mics I'll do this shit and if I bomb I bomb I bombed I've I now know what to do what not to do and I was like I'm just gonna keep doing it because if I do it then I'll look back and be like oh shit I did it you know it's really I am not competing with anybody but myself that is the only person I'm competing with mm -hmm. you know and I think if we take away the stigma of like, well, they're, that person's doing this and this person's doing that and da, da 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 it'll make you nuts. It'll make you absolutely crazy. But I'm like, but what am I doing today to make bring myself joy in the long run, you know? And then you look back and two years later, you're like, oh shit, I've been fucking hustling, <laughs> you know? I think it's also eradicating the fear of bombing. You know, it's like yeah. that's so in which where you have to like, it's not even just the act of, you know, and failure is such a, a word that people can have different perspectives and relationship with. But, you know, but if you embrace failure is actually like a positive thing because it means you at least attempt it. And then also it's really learning that you will you get to the other side of it and you're OK. Like, you know, it's yeah. like it's like jumping in the pool and realizing like, OK, actually, it's a shallow end and I can walk out of this. Like, it's not, it's not as Listen. deep of a problem as I thought it'd be. <laughs> Co comedians will always have that infamous day where they bomb and I'll probably start new material again and things won't work out. You know, a business person might have a deal that's gone bad. A parent may, do, you know, have a huge parenting fail. 
we're all going to mess up and fuck up. But if you can like in that moment, learn something from it and be like, all right, how do I, how do I come through on the other side? Like you said, you're going to come out of the shallow end, you know, it's, it's, you know, and also just like kind of just going for it. I don't know. Yeah. I say all this now, but I I don't even have kids yet. I'll probably have kids in a couple of years and then just be like, never leave the house and be a complete (laughs) agoraphobic and be like, the world is scary. You know? I don't I know. know. I constantly have to be like, why am I stressed and anxious all the all time? All the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. I know. I, and, my, and even my seven-year-old, I'm, she's just like, mom, stop worrying. And I'm like, it's my job. That's right. what I'm here to do. Be your worrier. I carry yeah. the burden of worry for you. For Do, I you, know. do you write your own jokes? Do you write them all down? I mean, I am at, I, I, that's a dumb question. I know you write your own jokes. My version of what I'm picturing is Joan Rivers in her documentary mm-hmm. when she just has this cabinet, like cabinet after cabinet after cabinet of all the jokes that she's saved. So I meant like, do you save all of this material that's because you're just between, you know, you talk so often about and include in your work, your relationship with your mom, also with your husband and just like all the, and and you all live together. And just like, I can imagine that like, there's so many, so much funny shit that's just happening all the time that you share online. But also I can't even imagine what you're not sharing online. Do you just like constantly make notes? How do you remember all of those moments it's all in my phone it's (laughs) in my notes so like if I I have a funny idea and I can't sleep at night I'll like voice note something and then I'll try and like you know figure out what I was trying to say the night before I write stuff down the biggest thing is write it down in the moment you're not going to remember it you will never remember it so when when that thought comes don't be lazy just write it down you know, it's it's hard too because I have a weekly podcast. So it's like, and it's a solo podcast. So I've got to be entertaining for an hour every week. And there are moments where I'm like, oh shit, but that was really funny. I want to pull that and add that stand up. And I really probably am doing too much where I don't ever let them intersect or cross. So there are days where I'm like, I'm really giving people a lot of material here. <laughs> but, you know, like the first tour was an introduction to myself. So the special that's out now is about me growing up as a chubby child and, you know, my relationship I had with my dad and the IVF fertility I went through, the fertility journey I went through. This current tour is all about my first year of marriage. That's all about from the, the day of the wedding to the, the day I got back from the honeymoon. It's all about like what I have learned in that year. You know, I think in the next tour, that'll be out, you know, sometime at the end of next year, it'll be about my relationship with my mom and the female relationships I have with my li- in my life. You know, I always just try and think about these little nuggets. I'm always thinking a couple of years ahead, even in material, which is wild. And then I write on the road. So if I'm going to a show, to, you know, this weekend in Fort Lauderdale, I'm sure something funny will happen that will spark an idea that I can then add into the show. But it's, it's, I'll tell you what, I do, I'm clinically have uh, attention deficit disorder. I am a- ADD and I have realized <laughs> It works really well when it comes to comedy because my brain is constantly firing back and forth. I mean, I can't like get day-to-day tasks done. You know what I mean? Like my like my to-do list is like, you know, I'll pick up the phone to make a phone call, a business phone call, and I forget what I'm trying to do before I've, I've even dialed the number, you know? But on stage, for some reason, my brain just like can handle it. I don't know. It's so, if that makes it, any sense. Yes, no, 100%. I mean, especially, I, I was interested to see for the special if you did have like your, where you do like the crowd work at the beginning, because it is, if for anyone that's seen you or who is going to see you, like that I think is so incredible because that is so much energy you're you're putting out into the audience before you even step on stage as yourself. And, and it's and it, what's really been fun is to see you. I'm sure it's a great way for you to kind of test the temperature of the audience too, or the drunk level of the audience yeah. <laughs> on the city honestly and listen i'm going to florida this weekend so you know it's going to be drunk it's going to be lit but the florida Uh girls are always fun and you know it's cool i have all these guys that are coming to shows because you know they finally broke down they're like my wife listens to your podcast let me see what this is about and then they end up having a great time and the show's for everybody except children i always tell people if you bring your kids to my show you're a horrible parent okay we're talking about adult subject matters in my first year of marriage you know (laughs) yeah especially having seen this last the show that you are currently performing right now probably it's not you know we don't need Mm -mm. that it's a different form of education than these children need like you know exactly stay in school kids stay in school stay stay out of the comedy clubs yes and out of the theaters (laughs) and then once you're out and I feel like you know you can come to my show if you've ever had to fill out a w-2 you know like if if you're like out of college and you're doing that first job and you're like yeah I get it now where you kind of have a loose cigarette in your purse and you don't even smoke like you're like now you can come to the show you know (laughs) Oh, what I, I, 
I just was so excited. It would, this would have been now, oof, like a two going almost two years ago. And you were performing here in Nashville mm-hmm. and you were performing at the TPAC. Thank you, TPAC. Mm-hmm. And, and so I brought a friend of mine and I, it was the first time I'd left my house alone with a friend without my children. And when I kind of knew that my whole life was changing and that I was essentially entering into separation to then start the process of divorce. And my friend who joined me that night had actually lost her father the Mm. year before. And so this was going to be her first holidays without her dad. Mm. And so we both were just kind of like going to your show, you know, just like with so many big feelings and the space that you made for both of us to laugh and grieve and, and just kind of be present in a way that was so necessary. It was just incredible. And that like the, it's a very special thing to be able to hold space for laughter. And then this like really intimate personal connection with an audience and not everybody can do that. And so I highly recommend if you've not gone to see Heather perform live, go do it. I mean, yes, obviously follow on socials, go watch your, you know, Heather's special on Netflix, The Sun I Never Had. It's fucking hilarious. It was such a joy to rewatch last night. And, but also if you have the chance to go see Heather perform live, go, 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 go. You're I, so it's just sweet. Like, I love you. It's truly like the it's it's like this you it's a very special experience so I mean listen the first you know the special in this first tour was all about helping people grieve and now it's just a lot of blowjobs and that's what I you know it all comes full circle so so back to what you were talking about earlier it's like when will you have that moment where you finally really laugh again I'm in that period now where I'm like life is super funny you know I am very excited for this next special because it was it was real good Heather, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But before I do, yeah. I have a little conversation cool down. Just the cool. first things that pop into your mind. Just to leave our audience with five little extra things about you. If you could tell us, what is something that you like? Ooh, what do I like? I'm really into a different assortment of nut butters right now. Mm. I love uh, crunchy, creamy. I like a mixed Brazilian nut butter. I like a hazelnut spread. I'm just very, I'm collecting these fancy nut butters <laughs> left and right. These are things that bring me joy. No, I understand. Now, is this where it's like the organic style where it's like the layer of oil on the top? Or are these like pre, are these spreadable nut butters? No, well, I mean, they're spreadable, but no, you have to mix them. You, you have, have to, to mix, mix them. them. Okay. Listen, you if you're getting a real, listen, go to Trader Joe's. They've got this mixed nut butter and it's got pecans in it. It's a perfect amount of sweet, <laughs> salty, savory. It'll blow your tits off. It's so right. good. Perfect. Yeah. What is something that you know? Something that I know. Like I said earlier, nothing really matters and we're all going to be okay, you know? So just at the end of the day, be like, it doesn't matter. We are literally one tiny person on a giant earth that is spinning. The aliens are coming to get us in like yep. a week. So just some days we all need to cool our jets, take it down a notch and be like, we're, it's going to be okay. All right. Like, is this life or death? If it's not, let's calm down. Let's calm <laughs> down, everybody. <laughs> what is something that you hate? What do I hate? Hmm. I hate people that won't let shit go. I really hate people like, I'm like, again, life is too short. I mean, you know, people have reasons to hold grudges or whatever, but at some point you got to go move on. You know what I mean? Because it's just going to eat you alive in the end. Do you have something that helps you let things go? Well, watching the housewives helps me (laughs) let things go. Because again, back to nothing really matters. But when you watch an episode of the housewives, you're like, "Eh, I'm not doing so bad. You know, at least Uh I like did my taxes this year and I'm not being put away for like, you know, fraud for 12 years. Shout out to Jen Shaw, who like, you know, embezzled money from old people. You're like, at the end of the day, even though I may have been like short with somebody at work, as long as I apologize and try and make things right, like I'm not a bad person, you know? I'm dying for a show of Theranos and Jen Shaw. Like what's her name? Dying, there? dying. Dying. I'm yeah. like, Bravo, get the cameras in there. Get the cameras I'm, in there. I'm sure they're already working on it. Cause aren't they like, they're friends right now, right? Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. They're besties yeah. in prison. Mm. I'm dying for that show. Yeah. Dying for it. I'm right there with you. <laughs> what is something that you love that is not your family partner, mm-hmm. but something for you personally, besides, you know, you know, nut butters. What is something that you personally love? I love to get in bed at night 
and scroll aimlessly for three hours on TikTok and laugh so hard. When I find like my sense of humor, like when I know something's been pushed to me that really makes me giggle, that quiet time of just being laughing out loud so hard, it that brings me so much joy. It really does. I know that's a very broad answer, but when I get like, you know, like when I end up somehow on swinger TikTok, I could never be a swinger. These people are nuts, but I'm just sitting there and I immediately go to the comments because I'm like, these comments are about to be so funny. Like being on an inside joke on TikTok for some reason makes me laugh so hard. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I feel like whenever I try to get into TikTok, I get sucked into like very, like I got sucked into Tourette's talk by accident. Oh yeah. And then yeah. I got sucked into like, you know, like the, like the girls who like strippers who were basically like packing my bag for the day and being like, what? Obsessed. And then, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. and then, and then that's all I'm, I know I'm still navigating TikTok. I'm still trying to figure it out, but I, I feel like I got to get in there because Instagram's been, Instagram's just been different lately. Okay. But last but not least, cause I'll yeah. just talk your ear off all day. What is Heather McMahon, a quirky little fact about you? Oh, a quirky little fact. Okay, I have this irrational fear of American cheese, like Kraft Singles. It completely grosses me out. It petrifies me. And I'm not like, okay, a thing on TikTok that you should get on is old episodes of Mari Povich. He would bring out, there'd be like a woman oh, yes, who's afraid yes, of- yes, 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 yeah. I watched yeah. those live as a child. Yes, I know which yeah. episodes you're referring to. It would be like a woman who's afraid of olives and the Mari's like producers would come out with like a whole tray of olives and the women would like scream and run off stage. It's not that level of fear, but I cannot stand Kraft Singles, American cheese or like fake cheese, like Velveeta. Anything that's not real cheese and didn't come from a cow, I just like, it, it, I, I sweat around it. So that is a quirk about me. If you ever really want to throw me off my game, unwrap a bunch of craft singles and like stick it to my pillow and I'll like become unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will definitely uh, keep the cheese away and keep you right. safe because you are a gosh darn just American treasure, Heather McMahon, and we don't want to scare you away with our American cheese. So okay. Candace, I love you. I'm so excited for this new chapter of your life. I think you're going to crush it and it's only up from here. And hopefully once the strike is over, you can play my sister on a TV show and you and I can just like put on wigs and be silly and have a blast. Done, done. And then I can tuck you in at night in a really cozy (laughs) rug and just as the maternal lady that I am. So we got this. (laughs) I love it. I love you so much. A Superbloom podcast is hosted by me, Candace King, produced by Melissa D. Mons and Diamond Imprint Productions, edited by Diane Kang, post-production sound by Coco Lawrence, and advertising partnership with ACAST. <laughs>